least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. See, God is a God of covenant. And right here, he's beginning to speak, amen, first of all, about the old covenant that he had, amen, and then he begins, amen, to speak about the new covenant that he's going to make. Now, when I want to share with you a little bit about a, a God of covenant, amen, because when it comes to covenant, amen, there's some specific things that uh, begin to happen and some steps that are taken, now, this reminds me of a story, amen, of uh, two men, one named Jonathan and one named David. And in 1 Samuel, in chapter 18, we begin to see in verse 3 where Jonathan and David begin to make a covenant with each other. Now, for those of you that don't know, Jonathan was the son of Saul, King Saul. And David, amen, was the one that would be anointed as king of Israel after Saul. Now, for those of you that don't know, amen, Jonathan was the one that was called, amen, to receive that kingship. Jonathan was the next one in line. He was the son of Saul, Amen. He was the one that would be normally considered passing down the inheritance, amen, as king of Israel. And here we have David, amen, who God had anointed as king, amen, and, but God had begun to do something with these two. And I want to look at that today, amen. If you'll follow along with me right there, 1 Samuel chapter 18, in verse 3, God is good, amen? Can we start, start, jump back to verse 1 real quick. He says, now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Look at what God had done right there. He knit together their souls he knit together their hearts. But he says that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. That almost sounds like, uh, amen, the new commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength. Amen. And to love your neighbor as you do yourself. But it is here that Jonathan loved him as himself. And then verse 2 says, And Saul took him that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Verse 3, our key verses here. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor including his sword and his bow and his belt. Now, I want to stop right there for just a moment, amen? Because when we're talking about covenant, amen, here we're looking at two Hebrew men that were making a covenant with one another. And one, once the decision was made to make a covenant, 
the two parties, they met usually in an open field and they met in the presence of witnesses. Are y'all with me today? See, one thing about it is God likes for there to be witnesses present when there's a covenant going forth. If you look at it in regards to what God does in your heart, in your life, amen, when you begin to accept him as Lord and Savior of your life, then God commands us to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and to profess our faith publicly so that there can be some witnesses that are there about the covenant agreement that's being made. And so right here, this is the same type of situation Amen. And so the two parties would usually meet in an open field and in the presence of witnesses. And the first thing that we begin to see here in this scripture as these two, amen, are making this covenant, amen, we begin to see what is the exchanging of robes. Now I want you to look at this because the first step was in the covenant was the exchanging of robes. And the first thing the Hebrew men did was to take off their robe and put it on each other. And the exchanging of robes symbolized the putting on of one another. Now, I want you to follow me here closely because, amen, there's some, 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 some things that are really in, in, uh, that are really in relation to our, our relationship with Jesus. Are y'all with me today? And so what they were actually saying was, amen, this is me. Take me and put me on you. And the basic idea was that the two are becoming one. The Bible says, amen, that the Lord knitted together their souls. That they had a love for one another like they loved themselves. Are y'all with me today? And so exchanging of robes meant that one person took on the identity of the other and vice versa. And the exchanging of robes also meant an exchange of ownership. So in other words, all that belonged to one now belonged to the other. Now, when we talk about this exchanging of robes, I want you to look at this for a moment because the exchange of robes symbolizes several things to us in the new covenant. The robe that we receive when we come into covenant with Christ is his divine nature. Did you know that when you accept Jesus, amen, he takes off your robe, amen. Hello, that's drenched in sin, and he puts onto you a robe of righteousness. And so right here, this is, amen, what's being symbolized in the robe that we receive, amen, is a divine nature. Hello, somebody. You are now identified with Christ. You now, amen, amen, have a robe of righteousness that's put on you. You are now one with Christ. Are y'all with me today? You're now in covenant with God. Somebody say God is good. And so we're told in Scripture to put off the old man and to put on the new man. That's what the Bible says, amen? We've got to put off the old man and we've got to put on the new man. 
We've got to take off that robe of that old nature in that old way, amen. And we've got to put on that new robe of righteousness and holiness, amen. Are y'all with me today? But we're being identified with God's divine nature. And this is, the, this is symbolized by the exchange of robes. And so we take the robe of Jesus, of his heavenly nature, of his image, amen, and put off the sinful nature. And the robe that we received when we come into covenant with Christ is the image of Christ. Are y'all with me today? It's the image of God. And see, Jesus took on human flesh and he became sin for us. He took on our robe, amen, of filth and of sin and of iniquity. And he gave us, amen, a robe of righteousness. Are y'all with me today? He took on human flesh and he became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And Jesus exchanged his heavenly identity for our humanity. He exchanged his righteousness for our sinfulness. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say he's a God of covenant. And not only, amen, do, is there an exchanging of robe, but there's an exchange, amen, of other things as well. And one of the things that you begin to see here is that they begin to exchange their belt. Amen. See, Jonathan, David, and David, they exchanged their belts. And the exchanging of the belt is making a covenant symbolizes the exchange of strength and weaknesses. I want you to grab a hold of that today. Amen. You're exchanging strength for weaknesses. See, because the belt is the symbol of strength. See, if you can grab a hold of this today, amen, you're going to walk in a whole new way. The belt is a symbol of strength. And if we're making a covenant, amen, I would give you my strength and you would give me yours. Are y'all with me today? And so when I was weak... Your strength would make up for my weakness. And where you're weak, my strength would make up for your weakness. This was in covenant. Are y'all with me today? And I want you to get this. Where I'm strong, amen. Where I'm weak, amen, your strength makes up for it. Where I'm weak, where you're weak, my strength makes up for it. Come on, somebody. It almost sounds like a marriage relationship, doesn't it? God is good, amen? And so the exchange of belts symbolizes that there has been an exchange of our weaknesses for God's strength. Now, I want you to know something right now. Jesus has no weaknesses. Come on now. Jesus has no weaknesses. And so he gave us all of his strength in exchange for all of our weaknesses. Philippians 4 and 13, if you'll put it up there. Are y'all with me today? 
He took all of his strength and he gave it to you, amen, and replaced for all your weaknesses that he got. There was an exchanging of the belt right there. Hello, somebody. When you, oh, my Lord. The Bible says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Amen. He says, amen, whenever you're weak is really when you're strong. Come on now. Are y'all with me today? Come on, you've got to grab a hold of this today. If you're in covenant with God, you've got to know who your God is, and you've got to know what he's given you. He's given you all of his strength. He's given you all of his power. He's given you everything that he has. Amen. He's given it to you. He's given you his identity. He's given you his righteousness. He's given you his holiness. He's given you his anointing. He's given you his power. Because you're in covenant with God. Jesus took our weaknesses in place of them, he gave us strength, saints. Jesus took my sin, he took my failure, he took my total inability to please God. In exchange, he gave me his total right standing before God. Jesus took my sin and he gave me his righteousness. See, because all we had was sin. And all he had was righteousness. When you're weak, he is strong. You can boast in your weaknesses. Because that's when God begins to show up with his strength. See, if you grab a hold of that revelation, then you'll begin to realize that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. With the strength of God. Now me within myself, it's impossible. The Bible says with man, it's impossible. But with God... All things are possible. See, we've got to be in covenant with God. Amen. Not only was there an exchanging of the belts, but there was an exchanging of weapons. Back up there, if you'll put First Samuel back up there, 18. Amen. See, Jonathan exchanged his armor and weapons with David. And this exchange of weapons symbolizes that the covenant partners hold in common each other's enemies. Are y'all with me today? Now the covenant partners, they, 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 they share each other's enemies. Are y'all with me today? You know, if I'm in covenant with you, your enemies are mine and my enemies are yours. In other words, when somebody attacks you, they attack me too. Amen. amen. And it's my duty because of my covenant relationship with you to come to you, amen, to come to your aid. And when I'm being attacked, amen, are y'all with me today? And so the exchange of weapons means that my covenant partner, Jesus, is my defense. Hello. In other words, I no longer have to defend myself. Amen. Because Jesus is the one that's responsible for defending us. When a person does something against you or does something against a Christian, he does it against God himself. 
When we criticize or when we talk evil of or we belittle or we're in any way attack God's covenant children, how many of y'all know we're attacking the body of Jesus and God will deal with us? Hello, somebody say God will deal with you because he is the defense of that person. The Bible says vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And it also says the same room for the wrath of God. See, you don't have to fight your own battles anymore. When you came into covenant with God, those that come against you, they're not just coming against you as a child of God. They're coming against God himself. Somebody needs to grab a hold of that revelation right there. Are y'all with me today? There was men in the Old Testament that grabbed a hold of that revelation. And as a result, when they seen all the armies lined up there, amen, a natural person would see the armies, amen, where the one, the supernatural, would see the heavenly hosts that were right there to come and fight for him and fight with him. Are y'all with me today? Somebody needs to be getting excited up in here. You know, not only does this mean that Jesus takes on our enemies, but it also means that we take on Jesus, the enemies of Jesus. When you come to Christ, when you accept Jesus into your heart, I remember whenever they, amen, they came and the whole church come and congratulated me that day when I got baptized and I publicly professed my faith. And they all come and shook my hand and welcome, 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 congratulations, thank you. And this old man come to me and he said, uh, he said, all right, son, good job, but you better get ready. Because <laughs> now you got a target on your back. Now the devil don't like you no more. He don't trust you anymore. Are you with me today? So it means that we take on the enemies of Jesus. So whoever is the enemy of Jesus becomes my enemy. Are y'all with me today? And in exchange of weapons, Jesus takes on our enemies. And the word says that all the demons of hell have been defeated and put under his feet. I want you to look at that today. Amen. Every demon in hell has been defeated by Jesus on the cross of Calvary and has been put under his feet. That's how come we have authority over these demonic spirits. Hello, we have the victory over these demonic spirits. Are y'all with me today? And Jesus has given us the victory, amen, over the devil. My next part comes to... That scripture that I share with you in Genesis in chapter 15, amen, where we begin to see God making a covenant with Abram. God began to make a covenant with Abram, amen, and he begins to say in verse 9, so he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And then he brought all these to him and cut them in two and laid each half opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds. And the birds of prey came down upon the carcasses. Abram drove them away. 
And now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. And God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs. For they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years, but I will also judge the nations whom they will serve. And afterwards they will come out and with many possessions. As for you, you shall go to your father in peace, and you will be buried in a good old age. And then in the fourth generation they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. And it came about when the sun had set that it was very dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. And on that day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying to your descendants, I have given this lamb. And from the river of Egypt as far as the great river of the Euphrates. Amen. And so part of the covenant was cutting the sacrificial animal. Amen. And the animal would be split right down, amen, the backbone, laying the parts aside. And the individual making the covenant would stand between the pieces Amen. Point towards heaven and call God's attention to what they were doing. And they were asking God to be witness to the covenant. Amen. And they would then point the pieces of the animal and swear an oath. Something like this. May it be done to me even as happened to this animal if I do not keep covenant. And I want you to look at this for a minute because the sacrifice symbolizes a total commitment. Hello, somebody. Even at the penalty of death to the transgressor if the covenant is broken. And as a result, y'all know we're in this new covenant and we no longer make animal sacrifices in the new covenant. But there is a symbolism that affects us in our walk with Jesus today. Amen. And the scars of Jesus. Hello, somebody. Amen. The scars of Jesus' body is symbolic of the cutting of the covenant. In other words, his scars in his hands and the scars in his feet and the scars on his side. Amen. Are y'all with me today? And the cutting of sacrificial animals symbolizes the covenant is a commitment unto death. Somebody say unto death. death. Are y'all with me today? Now I want you to share something with you because, you know, marriage is a covenant too. Are y'all with me today? Marriage is a covenant. You know, and if you, if you look at the story about Abram and Sarah, you know, one thing that you begin to see when God began to make covenant with them, if you notice something begin to change, and one thing that began to change in their life is God changed their name. God changed them from Abram to Abraham. Sarai to Sarah. Are y'all with me today? And if you look at that, that's a picture of what takes place in covenant in a marriage. The woman takes on the name of the man. There's a name change. Are y'all with me today? See, I want you to look at this because God is a God of covenant. God is a God of commitment, and he means it unto death. Till death do us part. Are y'all with me today? And there's going to be sacrifices that are made. 
There's going to be all kinds of sacrifices. Hello. You know, in Ephesians in chapter 5, we begin to see, amen, the similarity in regards to Jesus and his bride, amen, and a husband and a wife. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen. The Lord is good. So there was an exchanging of names. And when God entered in covenant with Abraham, he changed Abraham's name. He changed Sarah's name. Amen. He's changed your name today. Hello. When you came in covenant with God, he changed your name. And not only was there a name change, but there was an exchanging of gifts. Amen. And God's new covenant gift to us is his son, Jesus Christ. And the Christian's new covenant gift to God is our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. Are y'all with me today? There's an exchanging of gifts here. I want you to look at this, amen. See, God's done his part. But the question is, are we doing our part? Hello? You know, I want you to know, not only when, when we come in covenant with God, you know, not only do we come in covenant, but God, our children are included in this covenant. Are y'all with me today? Our children are included in the new covenant. And that means that if my child, my children are ever cold or hungry or they get in trouble, Jesus, my covenant partner, will come to their rescue and treat that child exactly as if it was his own. And that also means that Jesus sees my children doing something wrong and needing discipline. Hello, somebody. Because he loves them, he will treat that child exactly as if it was his own. You know, there would come a time later on that they grew older and they themselves would understand this covenant. Amen. And when that happened, those children then would have to make a decision whether to accept Christ as their savior or enter into the covenant with him. Are y'all with me? But this decision would be, amen, a different age for different children as they reach the age of accountability. Are y'all with me today? Can I get the worship team to come forward? But there's also something today I want to share with y'all. We're going to do communion here in just a little while. We're going to take up the Lord's Supper. And when we talk about the Lord's Supper, amen, the Lord's Supper is a covenant meal. The Lord's Supper is a time when we remember the covenant that Jesus made with us. And we have the opportunity to renew our commitment to that covenant. And the Bible says, though, if a man doesn't examine himself before the Lord and repent of his sins, then he is wrong by partaking of the Lord's Supper. Amen. And he's making a mockery of his relationship with God and making a mockery of the covenant. And it's in the same thing as standing between those pieces of animals back in the Old Testament and swearing an oath before God and then turning around and walking out, intentionally not keeping that oath. Because God takes covenant seriously. 
It's a covenant. It's a commitment. Somebody say it's a commitment. It's a commitment unto death. And the covenant is a picture of our relationship with God the Father. You know, that's why God hates divorce. Not only for the destruction that it causes. Because it does. You know, I was going, my folks, my parents got divorced. And I was going down there to see my stepmother's funeral, memorial service this week. And I was looking at it in my, I was looking at this picture and my father, you know, my wife, my mother left him, and she moved up here in the Greenville area, and then Heather and I moved up here in this area, but my father was there in Houston. He had, amen, and he started a new family. Does that make sense? And so I, I, God just showed it right before my face, what it, you know, this is what happens when you have divorce. Amen. And I was I was looking on that uh, I was looking on that that paper, you know, and it was talking about those that had, you know, basically, you know, still lived even you know those that were still alive, and it began to speak about my father and speak about all their kids and all their grandkids. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. And I was like, you know, anyways, God is good. Amen. But I got to see a picture of it, clear as day, you know. God is a God of covenant. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you so much. He wants a relationship with you so much. He'll do his part. But the question is, will we do ours? Will we keep our commitment? Our commitment is living a life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He paid the price on the cross of Calvary. He shed his blood because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. There is no remission of sins. Amen. Without the shedding of blood. And somebody said, well, that sounds like a bloody religion. It is. Amen. Because it's only the blood of Jesus that will wash you. Amen. That will cleanse you. That will cover you. It's only through the blood of Jesus. It's only through the sacrifice of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Amen. And we exchanged everything with him. We exchanged our sin, amen, for his righteousness. We exchanged our depravity, amen, for his holiness. We exchanged, amen, all these things. We exchanged our weakness for his strength. Come on, stand to your feet, amen.